Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to this special Five Star Wines and Wine Without Walls series on wine, food and travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. For the next weeks, we will be focusing on a dozen trophy-winning wineries from the competitions that took place in Verona at the start of Vinitali in early April. The winning wines are without doubt some of the very best that Italy has to offer. What I'm most interested in discovering are the stories behind the bottles, learning about the wines themselves of course, and also about the people who make them, where they're from, what they eat, how they live. It's a fascinating journey that will take us all across Italy, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. In this special five-star wines and wine without walls edition, I'm delighted to shine a spotlight on Azienda Agricola Cantina Pezzuoli in Emilia-Romagna, which has just won the Miglior Vino Frizzante, the best semi-sparkling wine award at the prestigious five-star wines competition that took place in Vinitali in April. My guest today is Alberto Pezzuoli, who joins me from Maranello near Modena in the heart of the Po Valley, one of the great gastronomic regions of Italy. Ciao, Alberto. Many congratulations on this important award, and thanks for being my guest today. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And, and thank you for um, the congratulations. Oh, great. Well, it's a great achievement. And my aim today is to help our listeners to learn the story behind the bottle of wines that you make. So first of all, can we begin talking about where you are, what the landscape is like, what your world is like? You're not far off a famous Roman road, the Via Emilia. So you live and work in a land that's been traveled for thousands of years and which has been the source of really excellent wines for thousands of years. Tell us about it. Yes, Mark. My, my winery is a family winery and um, we are located in Maranello, near Modena, near uh, Via Emilia. As you told, it is very famous for uh, food and beverage. Our core business is um, Lambrusco. And uh, we are very happy this year to won this trophy at uh, Vinitali, that is the best uh, Italian manifestation of wine, with the 93 point with uh, Pietro Scura, the best uh, sparkling wine. With Maranello is located our winery in um, in the middle, uh, in, at the feet of the hills of Modena, in the south part of Emilia Road. And these lands are vocated for this type of Lambrusco Grasparossa, DOC. The terroir is a middle clay terroir, and, uh, it's, um, and the climate is Mediterranean climate. Uh, it's very good to produce, uh, of course, Lambrusco. Okay, well, we're, so we're really right in the heart of the Terra di Lambrusco. Lambrusco being the principal grape variety, though there are in fact 
a, variety, a number of different types of Lambrusco. Yeah. Tell us, tell us in general about Lambrusco, why it makes such extraordinary wines where you are, why your terroir is so well suited to Lambrusco, and why the wine itself is connected not just to the territory, but to the way of life, food, and everything. I think in Italy, we have uh, a lot of extraordinary type of wines and extraordinary food. And in each region, there is a very good pairing between food and, and the wine. In our region, we have uh, uh, Lambrusco, different type, as you told, uh, Gasparossa, Sorbara, and Salabini Modena. And, um, and the food is very, uh, it's very fat food. And so Lambrusco with his um, acidity, with its freshness and roundness is, is, um, very good to pairing with, for example, tortellini, tagliatelle, or also some second, like a ham or a boiled meat. And it's a fantastic pairing from uh, food and wine in the same region, in the same city and the region. Okay. So just to be clear to our listeners, Lambrusco and your award, we're talking about a vino frizzante, a fizzy semi-sparkling wine, a category and a style of wine that's perhaps less familiar for us outside of Italy. But in your region, this vino frizzante is very, very important. How do you make a red wine a vino frizzante. What is the process? Can you tell us a little bit about how you make the wine? Yeah, all all Lambrusco DOP are uh, sparkling or semi-sparkling wine. It's one of, of the many characteristics of this type of uh, of, of wine. We, we normally we have two different methods to to become sparkling the wine. In my winery uh, at now and Pietrascura is make made by this uh, this way. Is Charmat method uh, with uh, in the, in the second fermentation we we use a Charmat method with an iron tank that take they, they take pressure and they transform the list in uh, sparkling. Okay, so the tank method allows that fruit and that freshness to be maintained, which is very important to Lambrusco. Yes, we, uh, we don't have the body of the. For example, Tuscany Red or mm-hmm. some other wines, but we have uh, our main characteristic are the the, the freshness, the, the the smell, and the, um, the happiness to drink a, a, a bottle of Lambrusco, a, a glass of Lambrusco. beautiful glass of foaming red wine. That yeah, can be different colors depending on the variety. Let's talk about your award-winning wine, Lambrusco. Grasparosso di Castelvetro D.O.P. Frizzante Pietrascura. And you say it's a riservato agli amici. It's reserved for your friends. This is the sort of wine, Alberto, I'm imagining that you love to get together with your best mates, open a bottle, have a table full of these wonderful foods you've just described, and just drink it. Is that right? Tell us about this. Yeah. We use this um, uh, riservato agli amici because it, for for us it represented very well the um, the spirit of drink a, a glass of lambrusco because it's uh, uh, lambrusco is not a medi- meditate wine. Okay. Is is uh, you have to drink it, you have to enjoy it, and so what what is 
the best to enjoy things with friends, with a good company and with friends. And so we use this appellation that, that is very famous. Our Pietra Scura is uh, Lambrusco Grasparossa, which has got uh, a rich ruby red with the purple reflection, and the foam is uh, persistent, uh, and the, the bouquet the bouquet is very, it's a very great of um, red fruits. Okay. Also, the taste is uh, dry, but with a good acidity, but uh, is uh, um, at the end is a very, very round wine. Has got a very good roundness wine. Is a, a balance and an equilibrate. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Okay, it sounds absolutely wonderful. And it's interesting. It's a, it's a deep color, Gasparoso, isn't it? It's a, a, a much fuller style of Lambrusco. Then, for example, another special wine of yours, also Riservato agli Amici, is your Lambrusco di Sorbara. Let's talk about those two different styles of Lambrusco and how the wines differ, how the grapes differ, and the, the whole style of, of wine. I, yes, I always uh, tell to my friends and customers that uh, the name of Lambrusco, it's, it's global, but they are very different appellations. Grasparossa and Sorbara, we start from the grapes. And the grapes are very different. The grapes born in two different places. Sorbara in the flat place in modern, in the north part of Emilia. And Grasparossa in the south part, in the ill middle ill place. Starting from the grapes, if you press a berry of uh, Grasparossa, your end will be violet. Okay. Instead, in Sorbara is a little color. And so, and after, after the grapes, the, uh, we, we, we have two different wine. We can elaborate it, but all start from the grapes. We can take, uh, normally Sorbara stay less on, uh, on the skin of, of the grapes instead of Grasparossa. But all start from the grapes. Also the characteristic of the, the wines. At the end, for me, that I know them, are very, very different. Sorbara is, um, from the color that is, uh, of course, is clear, is, uh, it's, it's deeper, it's the deeper Lambrusco. We have uh, in Sorbara more acidity. It's uh, a little bit a typical wine because it's uh, this high, very high acidity. And for, uh, for a person who are, who, who isn't, uh, um, Habituate usually drink Lambrusco. Maybe it's not so round, so round like like Grasparossa. Okay, and it's a little bit less less balance. Mm-hmm. For my tasting, also Sorbara is a fantastic wine. Yeah, I think it's important for for our listeners to really understand that Lambrusco is not one wine, but it's a range of wines of different styles, different levels of sweetness as well, which allow it to be enjoyed at different opportunities. And I, I, I love both the Grasparoso and the Sorbara, but completely different ones. That pale color of the Sorbara, almost um, a light rosé in color, but still with that acidity, the foam, and then that contrast to the deep 
deeper color and a little bit of tannin in the grass but also as well not aggressive ever but you just feel it a bit in the mouth is that yeah. right yeah yes yeah of course yeah of course now, it's very uh, difficult to um, to make me understand all, all over the world that are one with lambrusco there is no only one wine but there are several wines yeah with absolutely. different characteristics different grapes yeah yeah, we hear the name Lambrusco and we think of one style of wine, but they're completely different grape varieties, aren't they? Yeah. I, I want to, um, your area is, is, uh, really adept at making this style of wine, the Vino Frizzante. And I want to mention one other grape that I know you cultivate, which is increasingly we're beginning to see it, I think, here in England and, and abroad, which is the Pignoletto, able to make both still and sparkling wines. Tell us a little bit about Pignoletto. Yes, Pignoletto is, um, is the name of, of the wine. The grape's name is Grecchetto Gentile, and uh, it's the only uh, DOP of white wine in, uh, in Modena. It uh, has got a special characteristic this, uh, of, uh, of in the tasting of this wine. And as you told before, you can make it still and sparkling. Normally, still is uh, uh, in the hill of Bologna. It's a little bit uh, heavy wine. In Modena, Spignoletto, DOP of Modena, is, is more, um, more, um, a little bit lighter, uh, lighter okay. as a color and also tasting. Okay. So these are styles of wine, whether it's the Lambruschi or the Pignoletto, especially the Vini Frizzante that really above all have freshness, relatively low in alcohol. Is that right? Normally, Lambrusco is about 11.50. Uh, yeah, which means you can really open bottles with friends yeah, and, enjoy and finish and finish them. Yeah. And that backbone of acidity that you've mentioned, again, making them really great partners to this wonderful, rich Cucina Emiliana. This, uh, the Cucina of Modena, of course, is world famous. There's so many... So many wonderful foods to enjoy. Let's just talk about some of, in more detail, some of those best foods to enjoy with your wines, with your Lambruschi in, in particular. I think that the Lambrusco in Modena, you can, most of all in Modena, you can pair it with all the food that we eat. From first course, like tagliatelle ragù or tortellini. And uh, maybe tagliatelle ragù, I prefer a grasparossa. And the okay. tortellini, maybe I prefer a sorbara. And okay. you can enjoy with uh, ham, with uh, salame uh, in general. And, uh, Such a great with... selection of salumi from your area. Salumi. Yeah, the, from just in Modena, the prosciutto di Modena, not as well known, of course, as Parma, but a very, very fine prosciutto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that's just a perfect nibble. Or with the mortadella from Bologna in cubes, again, Wonderful to have with a glass of Lambrusco, the ideal. I guess you're saying as well that acidity, it makes this wine just absolutely made to go with these sort of foods, these fattier foods. Yes, but uh, I want to tell another thing that is uh, to know the versatility of this wine. For, for me, it's perfect also with meat, okay. uh, boiled meat, sorbara, heavy meat, red meat, grasparossa. But uh, I think that uh, sorbara, for example, Sorbara Rosé, it's good also with fish, especially oh, shellfish. Wow. With the shellfish, especially, it's a very good pairing. So yeah. you can drink this from the aperitif and to 
all the courses, main courses you can have. And as I told before, for um, food and uh, wines in, in the region, maybe they, they grow up together. Yes. Because uh, in Modena, all what normally we eat in Modena, it, it's, it's perfect with Lambrusco. Yeah, I can see that. So even uh, another famous food from Modena, a winter food, would be the zampone, this stuffed pig's foot that has this wonderful boiling salami meat, very rich, very good, boiled and then laid on a bed of lentils, perhaps. A winter food, a food to have at Capodanno. Would that be, again, a wine? The Grasparoso would be the wine to have with the zampone. As I told before, I when I, I speak about boiled meat, uh, I'm thinking about Zampone and Cotechino. Yeah, I love them myself. I, you can put with Grasparosa with Sorbar, it's the same, it's perfect. It's the same. Again, that acidity helping to... Really, yeah. Yeah. So, as well, of course, um, the semi-sweet or the, the sweeter styles would go with the dolce. What would be uh, an example of a, of, a, of a dessert or a dolce that you might have? With a, with a sweeter style of Lambrusco. Normally, I don't I I don't drink Lambrusco with the dessert. Okay. Because for for me, the sweet version of Lambrusco is for people that uh, love sweet wine, but they pairing as I pair with the same things the uh, the dry wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. For me. Of course, you can drink with a tiramisu, for example, mm-hmm. and other dessert. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think perhaps that biscotti. The biscotti. The, for um, for me, the um, Lambrusco is most of all is dry. All over the world is known as uh, also sweet wine. Mm-hmm. But uh, the real Lambrusco, the, the 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 Lambrusco we style in modern most of all is dry wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, our semi sweet uh, is, uh, of course, is. Uh, very close to a dry wine. We consider it a dry wine. Yeah, only even, for elevation, yeah. for low, for a ground mm-hmm. sugar is semi-sweet, but we can put also in the dry wine version. Okay, that's important for people to understand because people have encountered lambruscos that are that are quite sweet, and it's important to understand this that it's a food wine, not uh, not just a, a beverage to drink, yeah. semi-sweet, uh, and that in the region itself. That dry style is what goes so well with the food. The genuine Lambrusco, which I think is still misunderstood perhaps internationally, and people need to come to the region. People need to have an ambassador such as yourself explain the wines over the foods and really experience why they're so wonderful in partnership with this fabulous, fabulous cuisine that, I mean, uh, the cuisine of Emilia, of Emilia Romagna, but particularly around Modena, is known around the world as one of the great, great cuisines. And this is a perfect wine for it. Alberto, you've been a fabulous ambassador to telling us the story, not only of your wines at, at Hacienda Agricola Cantina Pezzuoli, but also explaining your your region, your world, and and your wine. So thank you very much for being my guest today. It's been a real pleasure to meet you, and I really look forward to coming to Maranello and visiting your cellar and perhaps sharing a glass of this wonderful Lambrusco Grasparoso di Castelvetro with you. Grazie. Of course. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy, home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.